Howdy folks, today Paul from the Improve and Have Fun podcast and I will discuss the WADA scandal, grading items to sell on eBay, and price gouging. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Reseller Niche Podcast, a show for e-commerce buyers and sellers where we investigate unique items being bought and sold and show you how research equals knowledge equals profit. How is everybody doing? Uh, this is another episode of RNP. I'm here with my man, Paul. How's it going, Paul? What's up, Mo? We're here on a Thursday, Throwback Thursday, and we're going to be talking about uh, grading and uh, the WADA scandal. And yes. uh, we're going to be digging into that today and how that affects us as resellers. You know, you more so because you do this full time and me, I do it very passively, but it still, you know, affects us because we find things in the wild. And we want to know if these things are worth. We always want to know if something's worth money or if it's not. And Absolutely. you, you, I always see you on Instagram. You're always putting like little videos and posts about like finding these items and then selling them for like big dollars. You know what I'm saying? So this is something that definitely affects us. We're going to get into it today. Absolutely. And this is a topic that kind of I'm conflicted on, I guess. Um, and I just wanted to start by saying a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about might use some company names and people's names. Um, we're basing this uh, part of this show off uh, some YouTube videos that we saw, and I'll put them down in the description. Uh, Carl Jobst, um, a YouTuber, put out a video, and, and there was a lot of uh, news articles, and we'll get into that, um, that he cited on there. So we're kind of re referencing what he said. And it's just our opinions, nothing more than that, because it's, a lot of it is alleged at this point. Uh, actually, 100% of it is. So wanted to start off with, in the news right now, there is a lot of talk about grading. And, and you know, grading's been around for a while, right? You know, they bring grading comic books, baseball cards, you know, art, um, all kinds of stuff. So Clothing. The, exactly. Uh, I was telling you before we started, like, there's a, such a thing as not even so much grading, but like uh, the authentic real deal. Like if you're buying a pair of Jordans because there's fake uh -huh. Jordans or uh, so it's a whole it's not only just like what you would traditionally think like a baseball card or um, like we're going to cover in this particular episode grading video games. So yeah. this is like a, something that because uh, we all know as resellers and we're out in the wild, as I was telling you before we started, Mo. Like we pick something up, we want to know the value of it because that's how we make our money. We buy low or we buy at a low price to sell at a high price. And if something's authentic, if it's vintage, if it's the real deal, you know, we can get some uh, pretty dollar, a pretty penny for that for sure. Especially if we just spent a few bucks at the local flea market. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then this is the way, I mean, being resellers, our perspective might be a little bit different from the average person or the average collector, for example. Um, if you're buying, so let's just say you're going to go and buy, you're, you know, you're 15, you're just buying the latest, you know, video game. You're buying it to play it. Now, as resellers, we're buying that to make profit. So I guess what we use, obviously, we use the market to decide, you know, what something's worth, previous solds, that kind of thing. You know, if it's sold for 50 bucks before, you can assume that 
and maybe I'll sell for my 50 bucks, maybe a little bit more. So when it comes to something where, uh, like I get this a lot, for example, I'll get messages on eBay because I sell a lot of action figures. And then I got a message, I think it was last week. I'm selling an item for like, it was like $80. And the message was, I can buy this exact same figure for 20 bucks. And that was it. They didn't say anything else. They were on eBay, so they're an eBay customer, I'm, I'm assuming. But that was it. I can buy this exact same figure for 20 bucks. So if I said, if you were me, Paul, how would you take that? Well, just to go on a quick rant, why is it that people go ahead and like, <laughs> <clears throat> you're familiar with this, you know, I'm sure. Why is it that people email you and harass you about something that they can buy at a cheaper price? Then, dude, why are you harassing me? Go buy it at that cheaper price. Like, why exactly. are we even having this exactly. conversation? Dude, I get this all the time. I, I put up a, uh, I have an inflatable kayak that's damaged. I put it up for sale, but it's big, you know, and I, uh, I don't want to ship it. I just want to, like, do local pickup. And then this guy just kept, I told him, it's local pickup, I'm sorry. And I was very nice. I wasn't a jerk, you know. I'm just ranting here publicly to you, Mo, you know, to whoever <laughs> listens to us around the world. Um, but he just kept on going. He was like, so you're really not going to sell? You're not really going to ship, right? So you're really not going to? Like, dude, I already said it. I, I didn't even respond. It's like, I already said to you, I'm not going to. I, like, this is local pickup only. And uh, and I didn't piece it out. I can. I will over time. And another lady was, I just want the seats. And I told her, you know, I, I'm selling it all as a whole. And she didn't, like, continue. But this other guy, continuously. Like, dude, if you can find someplace else for cheaper, then why are you harassing me? Why are you bothering me? Ask a couple of questions, but if you're just going to keep on after I've already responded, then I'm not going to reply. But exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I've got that like, same exact thing before in various different but ways. But, Mo, I can find but, it for $20 someplace else. I, my thought was the exact same thought you said. I'm like, wow, you took the time to come on to eBay Find me, find my email, write this email, send it to me. And you didn't even have a question, really. It was more of a statement. It was like, I can find this for 20 bucks. Great. Go and find it for 20 bucks. Now, what I've said that to, now, the reason I brought that up isn't just because that my reaction was go find it for 20 bucks and rolling my eyes and I'm done. I said the same thing to uh, my wife and I said it to a friend too. I asked this, I've asked this a couple times and both of them had a slightly different reaction. They both said, well, what was it? And I said, well, you know, is this action figure like, well, and then the next question was, well, could you find it for 20 bucks? And I said, yeah, but you know, this is what I want to sell it for. And they didn't say, they didn't push it further than that. They don't really care after that. You know, they're like, okay, this is boring. But, uh, there is a my that was part of what I wanted to talk about today. That difference, our mentality compared to somebody that is just buying to have something. So um, it, it it was kind of something like, you know, am I? Uh, people use words like price gouging and inflating prices and stuff like that. And I thought for a second after they said that, am I inflating this price for no reason? And then I went back and I looked at souls and they were around that bucks. 80 bucks was not an uncommon price. So for me, that was okay. That was like, that's my benchmark. 
So this kind of ties back into, you know, how, how you determine a price kind of ties back into what we talked about in the beginning. We might talk about here grading, determining a price market value, right? The market determines the price. So grading, when I say to you, okay, you're going to get, uh, you know, a pair of Jordans and I want you to, you know, you bought that jo those Jordans for 200 bucks. You're going to go get them graded. And then the grading, they're going to come back and give you a grade of whatever. And now it's going to be worth, I don't know, $2,000. Is that fair? I know it's a very general question. Or how would you, would you perceive that as fair? Yeah, uh, that's a good question, Mo, because like if you start to sell it at $2,000 and other people who have similar pairs, which will be, you know, uh, a small number, they'll try to go ahead and jack it up as well in terms of the price. Um, but uh, what I wanted to, oh my gosh, my gosh, what I wanted to say, oh my gosh, it, it left me, but, I, uh, you know, it'll come back to me. But yeah, Mo, just to answer your question, if you jacked up the price significantly 10 times in this particular situation, then other sellers are going to see you and they're either going to jack it up or they're going to keep it at their price and maybe do a, uh, some point in between. But it is inflating the price. And this is what I actually wanted to say. This whole scandal that we're talking about, in a nutshell, it's kind of like you sell it at $2,000 and then your wife buys it at $2,000 and then you guys go on to several other websites that interview you because this item was like a hot item and you're talking about, yeah, yeah, the market's really picking up, but it's just you and your wife inflating it the whole time. You know, there's no demand. There's no, uh -huh. I'm, no, I'm not saying there's not demand. Let me not say that, but there is demand, but in terms of the price that you're setting it at, you're buying it back at you, you know, in, in a way because it's coming right back into your own house and you're telling everybody, yeah, yeah, this is now $2,000 when secretly it could just be 200 Exactly. You created that hype. And we see it all over the place. You know, car salesmen would be the best example. Come down here, you can get this price, blah, 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 blah. It's hype, right? It's, but at the same time, there's rules that govern this. You know, there's rules about this. I mean, um, when we're talking about, uh, I guess when we're talking about grading and what they're actually calling now is a secondary assets, um, uh, secondary assets, like not, you're not buying and selling stocks, you're buying secondary assets. I think it's what they called it. Um, and there have to be prices for that. Like you said, let's just say that item, those pair of that pair of Jordans never sold for the for a used price before or a, a non-new price. It's only ever been sold for the sticker price. How do you determine that price? So then you've got grading companies come around. And in my head, when I think of grading, and because I'm not somebody that really collects, I'm not someone that's ever had anything graded. I always think of things like comic books and uh, baseball cards. And uh, I also think of how these things, especially in the last couple of years, have kind of, especially with baseball cards. Baseball cards for me, I can remember collecting them in the late 80s, early 90s. And I remember the crash that came. And that, that wasn't because of grading, that was because of over um, manufacturing. But if you were to get, I mean, like you said, if with this particular situation, we're talking about the, this company here, WADA, that allegedly has been part of all this stuff. Um, what Paul was saying there is that we've got multiple companies going in there and buying items. And 
having those items graded and selling them themselves on their, <clears throat> on their own auction houses. So when you're part of one, two, three parts of the process here, um, that's the issue. It's not like Paul bought a pair of shoes from Foot Locker, put them on eBay and said, you know what, I bought these for 200, I'm gonna sell them for 500. And they either sell or they didn't sell. That's different, I would say. So that's that's what I'm getting to. The difference between the two, right there. That's a very interesting line there, Mo. I have a, a few thoughts, and I'm going to go a little bit all over the place here. First off, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like what you, the example you just gave. Like, let's say if I did buy a pair of sneakers at Foot Locker for 200, they're incredibly unique. Like, it's one of those situations where I camped out because there's a very limited run. I mean, people do that all the time. They do that with everything. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the thing that it comes to mind is like, they're doing it now with Xbox Series Xs, they're doing it with PlayStation 5s because they're very hard to come by. And with the chip shortage, there's not many of them being produced. So it's like scalpers that are just always buying these systems. And you know, you can go online for something that was 499, that's the retail price. You can find it at a thousand or more in terms mm -hmm. of a PlayStation 5 or, um, xbox series x and i'm just because the video game world is, um, is something i'm more you know accustomed to and you were saying more earlier how you're accustomed to because that's how we've grown up baseball cards comic books being graded and i don't think there's anything wrong with this particular scandal or like grading of video games because video games have already been around for some time uh -huh. so I'm okay with video games being graded, especially if they're sealed copies and uh, they're from the eighties, they've never been opened or anything like that. I'm okay with that. Uh, what I, you know, what this whole scandal is talking about though, is, you know, you and I, like I, like I gave the example with your wife, you guys being in the same house and conflating it. This in a nutshell, once again, this water scandal was that this water company that hasn't been around for a very long time. They get they're just given authority by heritage auctions, and they're kind of in cahoots with each other. Like the, the one of the persons that uh, runs heritage auctions. Just like I said, this is all very in passing. This information. One of the people that's uh, involved with heritage auctions. He's like on the board for WADA, this game grading company, and. That same head guy is the one who ends up buying the game that's this like Super Mario game from the 1980s from the Nintendo Entertainment System that's sold at six figures. And it's the person who is in the Heritage Auctions buys it back at that price. And then they kind of go on a media PR tour how this is an industry that's coming up and, you know, in terms of grading games and, you know, people are going to be getting six figures and stuff like that. Uh -huh. But sometimes you can go on eBay right now and look for Super Mario Brothers, which I did while, while reading the story and the cartridge without the box and unseal is like 200 bucks, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Or less, you know what I mean? So it makes you think like, so the box seal is being sold for six figures. Is somebody like kind of making a big, like, expenditure here or are uh -huh. is it like a situation where it's kind of like amongst this group of people that like okay we could build this up and conflate this and you know what it makes me think of mo uh, you and i you know we and please you know tell me if i'm wrong you and i are people and this is even how we met that try to look for like the next opportunity that we can make a bunch of money out quickly you know what i'm saying yeah. we're super like easily sold on this and we met like through the green room you know yeah. and this is a situation where it, 
you know, there were two or three individuals that they were like, yeah, you can make your living off of eBay. You can make so much money off of eBay. And we were like, what? You can make all this money off of eBay. Like, dude, I could do that for my house and I don't have to work. But I don't think that they ever, and they, they like showed this fantastic life of like going out and thrifting and, and it's great. And this is the best life. Uh, but on the other side of it, how hard it can be, how it's tough to even make ends meet, like depending on where you live, like bills can be super high and this is not suitable or feasible to like make your living off of it. You could possibly go homeless because, you know, you think you can make a living off of this and people do do it. I'm not saying that they don't, but uh, or even like a whole thing. Another thing that I fell into was Stephen James and even. Steve Rake in a whole situation of like, and I'm not blaming these guys because there is meat on that bone of like writing Kindle books and you could write all these Kindle books and live off of Kindle books. Uh-huh. And that whole process of either, either like being full-time eBay or being a full-time Kindle author, it's definitely doable. But the underside and the, the underbelly of that is like the, the amount of hours and time and money that has to be spent to do this is not easy. So it's kind of like, you know, we, uh, Mo and I, we got this business and we could just start building it up to everybody and just show all the good stuff and have the people come to us and then that will rope them in and then we'll get money from a subscription and then just like kind of have access to us. But like, we're not, are we really going to go into the struggles? Are we really going to go into like the meat and potatoes of this? And just really, I'm more making money off of you than making money off of what I'm saying I'm doing. And I'm not saying that that's what Steve Rake and a bonafide hustler did. I never really met them. You know what I'm saying? And life, that life is very, is not easy, but it was kind of the way it was sold to us. And I don't doubt that they did make their living that way, but did they have like other support, like by a wife, a girlfriend, did their parents take care of them? Like what was the whole picture, you know? And I just kind of get that feeling from this water thing. And this, you know, like heritage auctions, it's like, let's make this business and then we could, you know, secretly buy it in between us and then, uh, you know, build it up. And like, yeah, this is going to be a big thing. This is going to be huge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, I know I said a lot there, Mo, but I'm going to zip it. And if you have any thoughts or like if you think I'm completely off base, please say so as well. No, no, I, I think I, I think you made some good points there because the idea like the fast money for one thing. We see it all the time. Infomercials, late night infomercials. You know, if they even still have those. Or eBay, do YouTube, but you, you you could be a millionaire mm-hmm. making uh, making videos on YouTube. And yeah. that, like, we would just uh, even in our last, uh, which is a uh, very good. When I was like kind of going over it again, I'm sorry to just you said that and it just activated my brain again. <laughs> like, well, we did our uh, kind of six month check in, and you even said it yourself. Like, I don't know how how YouTube works and how yeah, to figure it out. And you know, we've. Uh, these things are not easy and these things require a lot of work and it just makes you think like I can get a job and put so many hours in and make this money or I can do my own thing and put in double the hours and I'm always working and I'm have no time for a social life or family you know what I mean and you just have to kind of make that argument you know like if one's going to be better than the other sometimes dude, I'd rather just take the job and I can have my free time for myself and the money and health benefits are all taken care of. You know what I'm saying? No, but, no, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I yeah. see a couple of correlations there. Even if, actually, I see a correlation between, when we're talking about video games, between the collector and why they would be so upset by something like this and 
someone like coming in there, like you said, with like millions of dollars buying up stuff just because they think it'll be a, qu a quick buck. And the collector maybe that's been going in there every day for years, looking at thrift stores, looking at random posts online. Oh, can I buy that? Can I afford to buy that? Slowly, one by one, buying one game, one game, one game, one game, and building up their collection that way, as opposed to someone coming in the last few years saying, you know what, I see a uh, dollar signs. I see a way for me to make fast money now. I've got this bankroll. Let's go in there, buy X, Y, and Z, and do it that way. And, and I see a total correlation between that and um, what you were talking about reselling. With reselling, kind of, there's a lot of hype out there. Um, a lot of YouTube videos out there that say, you know what, you can make $5 million off, you know, so I made this. Here's, you know, the biggest example is like- You can make six figures with Amazon FBA and then you're yes. really making 20,000 after all the, yes. uh, you know, it really like take home was like 20,000 or something like that. Exactly. And it's not that, uh, like we, like Paul already said, it's not that uh, people aren't doing it. There, I'm sure there are lots of people doing it. Um, and I mean, I make videos about, you know, I bought this for the X amount and sold this for X amount. The question is the time that takes to do that and um, making it seem like it's a very easy thing to do, whether it's collecting video games or selling on eBay. Both of them take time. They take a lot of effort and they're a huge risk. So like if we go talk back to uh, this thing about video games, it's yeah, okay, you, maybe people like me and Paul, we don't collect video games, but we've been around video games. We've played them. That, maybe we're not like collectors per se, but at the same time, there've been other industries where this is this type of thing has come and gone and destroyed the industry. Baseball cards, comic books have kind of gone through this. Lots of other things, uh, lots of other things have to like, I think the big, the, the historical one was what, Tulip, Tulip Mania, right? I think they talk about that, how, I don't even know what it was. I'm guessing a couple hundred years back when people started buying up, buying up tulip bulbs because they saw, and that was, they call that the first speculation on something. So this idea of speculation on something is good at a certain level, but uh, the, the, like Paul said, the idea that you can make money like that is what scares me. Yeah, and uh, speculation, scarcity. Like there's only so many of these and the, the window is closing and that has been a sales tactic that's been used forever. And people always, always, always buy into it. They will buy into it after, before we were born, after we're dead, they yeah. will always buy into it. You know what I'm saying? Scarcity. Like there's only a few of these left. It's very limited. So you better get in good while the getting's good. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what scares me is that at the end of this, that's, I don't know, a year from now, two years from now, that because I, I sell on eBay. So all of a sudden you see these, you know, things that are selling for millions, there's five of them. And then next year you see selling for, you know, a couple hundred bucks and there's like 50,000 of them. And then the market crashes and then people lose. Maybe they spent a lot of money on that. Maybe to sell that for a million five, they bought it for, who knows, they mortgaged their house together or something. That's the part that scares me a little bit. Like um, there's even companies that allow you to buy parts of things. Uh, I think I looked it up here. I think they're called uh, equity share companies or fractional share companies. Something is all described in that Carl Jobs video. Um, and basically people, instead of buying, you know, spending $500,000 on a copy of whatever video game, they buy a part of it. 
So it's like a share. That's very interesting. It's something that maybe is a future to- podcast topic where we can kind of dig into it more. But, you know, these things are evolving. And uh, we're going to see in our lifetime mode, like you're seeing now with NFTs, they're kind of selling a digital file. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, going for large amounts of money, depending on what it is, like that as well, we're going to see come into this space that we're oh, talking about. Like we're talking about like how mm-hmm. video games and, and I think I think it's high time for video games to go ahead and be in this space because uh, in the circles that we've run in, we remember like a, like a rock band and the guitar and the drum set, like that's actually worth money. And I remember like collecting those and sending this into Amazon FBA. We can make a quick buck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you did make some money doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's a high time. I think it's high time that video games sealed ones like from the 30, 40 years, like from my childhood, Atari games, like if it's worth something, I'm okay with the idea of it. You know what I'm saying? And this is just evolving. This is just going to continue to evolve. And like I said, you know, it's going to happen with NFTs as well. It wouldn't surprise me, Mo, if in the next five to ten years we start to see more like NFT stuff on eBay. Like they start kind of accepting it in a way, you know. Um, maybe yes, maybe no. But what I do know, and we've uh, said this before, that the idea of reselling and kind of garage sales and just selling stuff on a table outside, that will never, ever go away. Especially that we live in America and we always got junk to throw away and like stuff to buy and we love mm-hmm. to buy stuff. So that's never, ever going to go away for sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's funny you said NFTs. And I, I know I'm, I'm an idiot when it I, I barely know anything about NFTs and anyone that knows them will say, no, you're a moron. In the back of my mind, when I think NFT, I'm thinking about turning on TV and seeing some hack of some kind that has happened, like, you know, the credit card hacks and all that. And they, and all of a sudden. Hi guys, shameless plug section here. We'd love to have you join our reselling group called the Reseller Niche Help Group on Facebook. A lot of great resellers there. Also, if it's possible, if you could leave us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Lastly, you can find these podcasts in video form on YouTube. We'd love to have you join us there so you can see some of the products we go through and see some of the people we're interviewing. And if you could possibly subscribe, that would be the kicker. Thanks so much for listening. Somehow, and I know I've been, you can't copy them. They're, was it non-fungible? Non, that's, that's the whole point is that you can't. But I'm just thinking the way technology works, somebody will go in and take the most profitable one or the most expensive one and somehow figure out a way to copy it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm stupid, you know. <laughs> I just, no, I, I don't think so. I, don't think so I think I think digital things may be easier to copy than a. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, than a hard actual physical product, but hard physical products we see copied all the time with stuff made in China. I mean, everything's made in China. 3D but then, printers now too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, this whole thing with the with this scandal. Uh, it's fascinating. Like I said, it just it brings back a lot of um, things like I talked to you about, like all these kind of like get rich quick kind of things. It also makes me like the first things that I started to look at when you sent this to me, I told you I looked for the Mario cartridge on eBay to see how much it is. Uh-huh. It also made me think like so 
this isn't an illegal activity. You know, it's, no. it's definitely a scandalous activity because like everything they've done technically is okay. Yeah, and what we're talking about it being illegal, like basically, you know, that this partner bought like the thing that was being sold by WADA and then they came on and they did PR and like, yeah, that this industry is going to be huge. Like, look at the, well, how much it's sold for. And it was like, it's all kind of in between them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it made me think of like, is it uh, is it legal when companies buy back their own stock to kind of build Good themselves point. up? Good point. But then I Googled it and it says like, when companies do that, that it lowers their value for some, mm -hmm. I, I read that like kind of in passing. But yeah, do companies buying back their stock, which happens all the time. And then what I don't understand is sometimes you hear people shorting a mm -hmm. thing because they know it's going to like sink. So they'll yeah. make money on it. I don't know how that whole thing works. I, but like, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the movie, The Big Short, like the guys who made a bunch of money were like guys who were hedging their bets that the, that the real estate market was going to go down so they kind of bet against it and then they made a bunch of money in it i really don't understand how that works but it just makes you think about this whole situation wow. it's kind of like you know you got a like some insider i know insider trading is illegal yes. but like you know you got like an insider tip that oh yeah you know this is about to crash so maybe like either sell your positions or like kind of make sure to get in there and buy it now because look at what happened with the gamestop stock mm -hmm. and it was just like a bunch of reddit folks and internet folks that were like you know we're gonna pump this up in between us and so get in now and then once it gets pumped up you're gonna be you know you're gonna have thousands you're gonna be a thousand there you could possibly have been a millionaire i'm sure that mm -hmm. people made millions like with that gamestop stock situation in yeah. between themselves you know so um this is kind of like the danger but also the opportunity that can be seen within this situation. Like I said, it's one of the great freedoms of living in this country that uh, it's cap I'm all for capitalism. I'm not for communism. You know what I mean? Because I just think it gives more and more people opportunities to uh, to make money. But then the argument is, but the people on top, they don't, they just control everything. But um, I'm not here bashing billionaires or nothing like that. I know I'm saying so many different things in this podcast, but it's just like, it all just ties together to... Um, I don't think what these guys, uh, uh, in terms of like I said, pushing the video game market to be like greater than everything. I don't think that's bad. Kind of colluding with each other to be like, yeah, this is gonna be the shit now. But then it's kind of like, like five of them that's kind of like, oh yeah, 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 this is gonna be great. And it's all in between themselves, like kind of buying the thing. You know what I mean? No, no, absolutely. And then you know, you said a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. But I mean, the idea of when people use like the word illegal or unethical, they're completely different things. What we're talking about here, technically everything, there's nothing that has been done that's been illegal that we have, that I've seen in any news report or anything like that. So um, that's another thing is we're not, obviously you can tell me and Paul are not really, we're not a stock advisor. We have no, there's no advice here of any kind. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, with stocks, with anything like that, inflated markets, with this one, for example, um, if, like you said, your example, five guys coming together to create something and hopefully get it to sell more. The, the, the thing in the back of my mind that I keep thinking of is those five guys, let's just say their collective wealth is $500 or $5 billion. So those, let's say those, you know, these are imaginary people, $5 billion together. Can 
really hurt a market. Like you, you cited the, uh, the, what do you call it? GameStop stock. So you've got Reddit users on an open forum. So it's open news saying, hey, let's prop up the stock. Let's not let this happen. And you got these other guys trying to short it. And for a day or two, or maybe it was a week, I don't know, they, the GameStop Reddit users were actually propping up the stock until, you know, you know, the S hit the fan and real money came the other way. So is it about money? Is it money that dictates everything, which I unfortunately think it is. And I think the scariest thing, my last point here is that the big thing that scares me is that when you take millions and millions of dollars and you put it behind, like, say, video games, and they're buying these things and propping that, that $200 game is now $2 million, that takes the average collector out of it. Uh, even me as a reseller, I love to see some buy it for a penny sell for a billion. That's great. But I'm not doing that. Maybe this is, you know hypocritical for me to say this. I'm not doing that to create a market to where the average person cannot buy that same thing for a penny, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you're going to go after some, uh, you know, some big, some big willy, you know, you're going to go after somebody who's got money, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there is a whole market of that. I mean, we don't touch that like you and I personally, or we don't like maybe see it immediately, but that, that market is definitely there. It's the same people that uh, spend like six figures for a mastermind or something uh -huh. like that or and you're like well you so you're paying six figures to be in a zoom room you know with other people you know what no. i'm saying but then no. again if these other people they have the skills or they know the shortcut because of their own experience of how they went from zero to you know seven figures then you want to be around these people we always hear in these self-help uh, -huh. uh podcasts and self-help books self-help videos that you know you are the people that you are around you know what i'm saying yeah. so um what i ultimately wanted to say with this is uh today thankfully thankfully for the internet and social media and us being you know so narcissistic and i'm this i'm completely including myself people put all their business out there um maybe more maybe and what i'm trying to say by that is anything that you're going to spend a lot of money and time on and that includes people you have to investigate them 100%, you know, investigate the people, investigate the situation. Like I said, if you're going to spend a lot of money because we are all like just want the, are we doing this or not? And, you know, quick fix, like quick, uh, you know, result. But uh, uh, definitely even spend time investigating anyone or investigating a company or investigating a situation, especially if you're going to spend a lot of money on it. And whatever a lot of money is to you, of 100, 3,000 bucks. Seven hundred thousand bucks. Like, investigate, especially investigate. Like, don't be weird about investigating people. It, it, like, hypothetically speaking, if I was gonna date someone, and, and like I'm gonna, uh, let's say I was gonna even to possibly like get married to someone, and by the time it gets to that point, you were you've already been spending a lot of time with them. But I would even still at that point, with my knowledge of like divorce and you know finances. Uh, Get an investigator and investigate that person because you never know like if they have like things in the closet or like they may have killed somebody or maybe they're been divorced and they financially ruined some other man, you know, and because men a lot of times I know I'm going completely someplace else. Uh, men a lot of times do get financially ruined by divorce. So uh, traditionally, I mean, sometimes the other person does as well. 
but investigate companies, investigate people, especially if you're going to spend a lot of time and money on them, you know? Absolutely. And that way, you, right. you know, yeah, you could avoid this situation where you're paying six figures for uh, a sealed video game that's really something else on, a, exactly. on another platform, you know? Exactly. And then I'll, I'll leave it with a couple points. Number one, uh, and we could do a whole uh, show on this, uh, sealed VHS, that's a thing. And graded sealed VHS going for, I think, close to six figures, maybe five figures. That's the thing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, edit is my point to that. Um, anything can be told. Anything can be can be said. Perfect. It's anything can be said. It is expensive. Anything. Uh, Mo, how mm-hmm. many times have you gone into? Have you gone into thrift stores and you've seen sealed VHS tapes? I'm talking about like sealed, like sealed with the plastic, but then also has the seal from the company, like on mm-hmm. the actual tape and the box. Like this has yeah. never been touched. Yeah, like, it has that cardboard thing on the bottom, and it's you know, you know, printed in 1998 or whatever, it, whenever exactly. it was, it's like, like folded over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like and like, and somebody says, oh yeah, that's gonna be worth six G's. When it's really worth like like you know sixteen dollars, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying like, I, I, yeah, you know you gotta like do your invest. Like I, I I'm not even saying investigate everything. You know I'm not trying to say that because that's too much time. Yeah, but just investigate, man. Just investigate and ask Absolutely. questions. Absolutely, there's been too many markets that even you know in our short lives that we've seen how many markets crash, rise and fall. I'm a skeptic as it is. So uh, even though sports cards. They're saying those are lowering now. And, yeah, but sports uh, all cards these kind things. of ebb and flow, don't they? Like sports cards, comic books. They books. do. They do. In the recent years, it's been a thing with like um, uh, they've been going for ridiculous price. Some of them. I don't know anything about sports cards, so that's another thing. So I don't want to say names or anything, but um, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen, I've heard people talking about how those prices are dropping now too. They have like six months backups to get things. Opinion on grading is not, I don't really think very highly grading. Even before this scandal, I was never really a big one for grading stuff because I kind of feel like you've, you're paying someone else to, in the hope of increasing money. And if that's money you need, to, yeah, you know, I'm going to go down another whole rabbit hole, another show on that entire thing, that entire concept. But, but I'll just back up Paul's point. Double check everything you're buying, especially if you're spending money that you need because, uh, you know, whether it's grading something or buying something that you think, oh, I'm buying, I'm going to spend a hundred on this. You know, it's going to be worth 200 next year. I think make yeah, sure you know that. Expensive things. Yeah. My, yeah. Mo, like just piggybacking on your point, like expensive things, double check mm-hmm. and do a little investigative work on expensive things. If it's not exactly. that expensive and you bought it in the past and you go know it. that it's going to sell, then yeah, go to town. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, if it's something that you're going to spend money on and it's going to tie up your money for a while, yeah, investigate, dude. Investigate, and uh, like you were mentioning earlier, like I think before we started, in terms of you saw like an episode of Pawn Stars, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, you, you they took it to the thing, and you know, we've seen those shows, and those shows are a lot of fun to watch. Um, I forget the one was the Garage Wars or whatever it's Storage Wars, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like that's always fun, you know what I'm saying? But that comes when like you're gonna get something pricey. If it's something basic, then you know that you know you could flip with the quickness. Then yeah, you don't have to do any investigative work. You know, your gut works for that, right? Exactly, exactly. And then shows like Ponsers, obviously, they're made to be, you know, really elaborate, really like they're not going to show you something that's worth five bucks. They're going to show you that five million dollar item, right? So I mean, yeah, I, I get it. 
I and is that it. even a thing? They tell you the value of it. That doesn't mm-hmm. even mean that the person sells it at that price. Mm-hmm. It's like I brought it to you, Mo. You kind of you graded it, right? And you checked it out. And like, oh, this, come on, this is this is gonna be worth five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. But dude, like nobody. I'm having it in my eBay store for already a year or two. Nobody's buying this shit at five thousand dollars. I gotta sell it like at a thousand, you know, just to get it out, you exactly. know. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just like, oh yeah, this is gonna be. Come on, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be so much. It is like, come on, dude. You know, how can I flip this? How can I make my money back already? Exactly. And then my final point, and I think this is actually, I think this, I'm rehashing Paul's point here, actually. No, spend your money carefully, but just remember that somebody that's grading is a person that's grading this, regardless of what you're having graded a pair of shoes, a sneaker, you know, a comic book, a baseball card, a video game. And just remember that, you know, this is not the end all be all. Just take your time, relax. If you can't afford something, don't buy it. And um, with, yeah, with grading, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, if you, I mean, there's millions of people out there that know it and they know, oh, this is great. You know, you go to town if you have that knowledge. But if you don't, like someone like me, I'm probably going to be sitting on the fence just watching you. you, I'll watch you buy it, but I'm not going to partake. And and Mo, in your situation, which I think is great, like you run in a circle of resellers. So, you know, you can go to two or three people and ask them, like, is this worth something from your experience? And they Mm -hmm. might be like an expert or they might just have sold that particular kind of item in the past. So, you know, it's good also to have this network and to be that the fact that you would follow this podcast and you could hear Mo and you could reach out to Mo and he has his Facebook group and be around other like-minded people that may have sold these kinds of items before, but something uh, that is of value that you maybe have taken to somebody, they graded it, but then you can speak to some other people as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you could completely disregard what we're both saying, hold on to your price and stick with it. And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And you could be that next news, you know, you always see that newspaper article, so-and-so bought something at the thrift and it sold for like a million bucks or whatever. You know what? I hope you find that. But yeah, hundred percent. We're not, we're not poo-pooing on that at all. And I I think what we're just talking about is like, you know, Mo and I brought this particular kind of widget and, you know, we're buying it from each other, but not publicly. And then we're like, oh, man, this is going to be the next big thing right here. You know, that's not like cool. You know what I mean? But yes. that's kind of like an underhanded sales tactic. Uh, and that's not cool, you know. Exactly. But, it, you know, like I said, Mo, it's funny because it makes me think back to our episode about Coke versus Pepsi. And all these underhanded kind of tactics even uh-huh. big companies have done to uh, kind of like build themselves up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, like this cocaine and Coca-Cola, you know, is there isn't there? You know, oh, we're going to take we're going to put out the like the conspiracy theory, right? Like we're going to put out this flavor and then everybody's going to hate it. So the demand for the old Coke is going to we're going to bring it back and then our price is going to skyrocket and everybody's going to be like, yay. You know, so it's it's fantastic sometimes to see how the sausage is made and all the underhanded things that are kind of in there that so many businesses do. And I'm not saying that we're not guilty of these things either, Mo. I'm not saying that. You yeah. know, we've gonna we but we've been pirates. We've been uh, we've done a little underhanded things. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I, it's it's fun and uh, just be on the lookout for it. You know what I mean? Like always, always, always. And your parents have told you this. Your friends have told you this. If it sounds too good to be true, it normally is. So 
I'm not saying to not do it. Just do some investigative work. You know, that's all. That's right. And then just remember that these industries, they're going to keep popping up. Grading companies are going to keep popping up. They're not going away. So it's down to us to be our own, you know, police ourselves, police our own wallets. And then, you know, just be smart about it. And like Paul said, if you don't know, ask somebody that does that, you know, don't don't have to watch TV to find out, you know, some overhyped version of the information when you can maybe just go online and do your own research. So I think that's the main thing. Just be, it was a caveat and tour. I believe that means buyer beware. So I, I think that's a good way to end this one. What, what, do, you, um, what do you think, Paul? I definitely think so. And, uh, you know, it's always, I, I, you know, I enjoy these because we start on a, uh, we kind of just start with a thread sometimes. And then that thread, like, you know, we, like, it's kind of like in the cartoon, we end up taking some whole shirt off. You know what I'm saying? So. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Like it was a Weezer video, just pull, pull the thread in the sweater. There you go. But before we go, Paul, please let everyone know where they can find you. As always, Mo, you're gracious enough to, let me back into the house because uh, I've been outside your door the whole time, but now you let me back in. We recorded this podcast, and now you're gonna kick me back out again, you know, until we record again. So just uh, thank you for you know uh, inviting me once again on the, on, on this podcast, and uh, we actually got to talk about some real reseller stuff this time, and not like you know my other crazy stuff. But we're gonna get into that again very it soon. It will be back. Yes. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you everyone for watching. And I'm not going to give a big spiel. I'm just going to say thank you for myself and Paul. And stay tuned. We will be back. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Reseller Niche Podcast. Show notes and social media links are located at resellerniche.com. Please comment, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts.